If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I think I've asked you this before, but remind me, how do you feel about group work? Do I have to do it or am I, am I no, facilitating no, like, it? Like you as kid or participant in a crowd. So you as a learner. Um, okay. But I think I liked it. I think I, as a, as a learner, as a student or, you know, even as a professional and college, like it's all that, I think I always liked it because I liked uh, small group interaction. Um, I liked to converse with my peers on a on a specific topic, and I also liked to be in charge of the group. <laughs> as, long, yeah, as long as you're the one in charge of the group, is probably the truth. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, so we're here to talk about this because it happens as adults, which is why it's so important for kids to do group work, and we all have feelings about it because it's hard to. Um, facilitate sometimes. So we all run into teachers in the lounge who are like, Oh, I don't do group work anymore. Or this, this class can't handle group work mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that classroom down the hallway is so noisy because they always have group work. And I just, so we're offering, <laughs> we're offering a bit of a protocol here about assigning, um, jobs within the group. So this is a universal concept. Uh, I'm going to start by talking about what I did as an English teacher, but then I've seen this in so many classrooms, I can't even attribute that to one teacher necessarily. Mm -hmm. But a yeah. strong classroom, I'm going to make a big, a bold statement here, a strong classroom that is engaging in group work, whether it's kindergarten or 12th graders, there is some protocol in place. There's some, there's some expectation in place about what is happening in that group, why it's happening, what the task is, and what everyone's role is in there. So a purposeful teacher, you've all been there where you assigned group work where you didn't have enough people at the table or the worst is when you have too many people at the table. Like a group work with like five or six people is chaos because you know one or two of them can get away with doing whatever the heck they want because there's too many people in the group. Yeah. Or just at least for me, it was harder to manage if it wasn't like the sweet spot of three to four kids and here's what the, here's what the task was. But the kicker here is in... Um, People think this is over micromanaged, but I'm just going to throw it out there to say if every person at the table has a specific job, 
then it's going to go more smoothly. So when I did middle school language arts, I assigned jobs. So they were doing, um, they were reading a book together and they had to talk about what they read together. That's like the most basic version of it. Maybe they had to do one worksheet together about theme or characters or plot or something. But it was one student was the recorder. One student was a discussion facilitator. And then I had one person be the tracker. And the tracker had to make a tally mark of every time someone contributed like vocally to the conversation. Okay. So, you know, which like kind of doesn't matter, but they would turn in the tally marks at stapled to the note takers thing. And it felt really accountable. I like it that. It was accountable. Mm-hmm. It was completely appropriate for your, you know, 10 to 12 year old crowd because they really want to do it well and they rotate jobs. So then the next day they would discuss again in that same group of three. And those are the three jobs, you know, and, and if there was more, we could, you know, you could have more jobs involved. But I didn't pull this back out of my pocket and I'll, I'll throw this to you, Colleen, in a second. I took this back out a couple weeks ago as an adult in charge of adults. And I'm so happy. I did it. So I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But back to you, Colleen, like, how do you feel about having jobs for small group work? Oh, I think it's, I mean, I know, you know, just from observation that it's, it's absolutely essential. So from my own experiences, my own, you know, uh, inexperienced, you know, making groups too big to your point or not assigning, um, really meaningful roles, mm-hmm. um, and then learning how to do that, and then also now applying it, you know, as as an adult. So when I, when I do small group work with adults, and I'm training um, professional learning communities. So what what is your role in a professional learning community, and how big should the group be? And um, you know, like it's 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 actually very structured. So the more structured it is, the more safety there is in it for all participants involved. And you know, I recently. Um, I started to tell you this story and then, and you said, wait a second, wait, 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 save it for the conversation. So <laughs> I know we do that. We're like, we want to do this episode, but no, 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 wait till we hit record. Okay. <laughs> so what I started telling you was my, um, so my son, the one that's in college now, he, he recently told me, um, sometime in the last, you know, several months, he was taking a small group processing class, a communications class in, at, in his college. And he told me that, until he took that class, like he didn't actually realize what effective group work was because in the small group processing class, everybody, you know, had a specific role, had a deliverable, held each other accountable, you know, that kind of thing knew exactly. Now he is neurodivergent. So his brain works differently and he really needed the structure around that process, which for the first, you know, uh, 13, 14 years of his education, he really feels like he had not been given enough direction in that regard and had, has been participating, of course, in group work for many, many years as a student and kind of felt lost in it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really important yeah, to know. It is important to know because but think about our experiences versus what happens in the adult world, the work world. So as kids, I remember raising my hand and saying, can we work in a group? And the teacher's like, oh, if you can be mm-hmm. quiet enough, yeah, go ahead and work in a group. And all that mm-hmm. meant was we were doing our homework out loud together and we were all turning in the same mm-hmm. worksheet. But now there was no way for the teacher to know if I was sitting at a table of four, 
who among the four of us actually knew the answers to those problems? Because we all turned in identical mm. papers, but we all wrote it down ourselves and we worked together. Yeah. Well, what does that mean even? Like that now, what does that mean? now you turn these in and you don't know which kids can do which things. And great, you yeah. all got 100%. Wow, you really worked together. Did you or did you just have a Colleen in your group who took over and loved being in I'll the group it. work? <laughs> you know, you needed to be with the smart kid or you need to be with the kid who would take charge or make sure everyone wrote that down or whatever. Like that's not the same as when you're an adult and you're on a team and you have to pull something off that is a group. Like for us, it's like doing an event at the school or building the curriculum in our department or whatever it is. You you are probably each accountable to it in a different way because your actual job is different from each other. So there's parts and pieces. It all has to go together. You each have a role because you don't have identical job descriptions. And then you get it all done with uh, success for each person probably. But it's much different than everyone turning in an identical worksheet and then claiming it's group work, which is not actual group work. Right, right. Yeah, I um, I loved in junior high. Like I knew my junior, I, I think I learned all the good things about teaching because I taught junior high. You know what I mean? Because they're so, they're big people with um, the need for the same type of structure structure that you're going to find in, in early elementary yeah, years. So you, you have to be really structured with your junior high kids. And so I learned really good um, protocols and, you know, figured out that I had to be very structured with them. So when I taught English to junior high, you know, doing, doing literature circles with them, when I had in the same classroom, like four or five different groups of kids reading four or five different books and, you know, each student in the classroom, um, knowing that they had a deliverable or a specific job or something to contribute as they were working in that literature circle. It was a really tight process. And, um, that just made sense to me. And so I, you, know, you can carry that. And you know what, Jill, you said something really important earlier. You, you and I have both observed kindergartners doing effective group yes. work. Yes, it's the same thing. You have your you have your jobs maybe in the middle of your table where you there's pictures for the yeah. three things. Am I the recorder? Am I the listener? Am I the timekeeper? Mm -hmm. Am I the whatever? Like there's a job with a picture and you rotate through those jobs and everyone knows, just like you know if you're the line leader, you know if you're the paper collector, you would know what your job is in discussion, your discussion jobs. So I want to say uh, before we run out of time, so as an adult now in charge of a school, I decided to restructure our leadership meetings in this way. And they all sort of rolled their eyes at me at first mm. because it's not just teachers and principals <laughs> on my team. This is like the marketing director and the HR director and all these people who don't have school backgrounds. And so I said, okay, we're there's eight or nine of us in this meeting every Thursday, but there are five jobs and we're going to rotate through them. If I'm here, I'm the facilitator. But if I'm not here, someone else is facilitator. The other four jobs are up for grabs. You have to rotate through. So the note taker on the shared Google Doc, the timekeeper who keeps each segment going, the quality auditor who... Um, we at the end of each meeting, we rate it as a level 10 meeting. So they get everyone's ratings and get the average. Um, and then the clarifier. So the person who has to ask all the clarifying questions like, hey, wait, 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 let's clarify whose homework is that or who's hmm. who's whatever is that. And then the parking lot attendant, because we always have topics come up and we have to move that topic over to the parking lot. So we have a parking lot attendant hmm. who speaks up when yep. something has to move to the parking lot or reminds us of what's sitting in the parking lot if we need it at a future meeting. So it's okay to run these um, protocols in these jobs, um, for higher engagement at the adult level for professional 
professional development for your staff meetings, but also teachers don't underestimate um, the power of these roles in your group work. So Yep. No matter the age. There there we go. All right. There is never enough time for these conversations, but that's okay. Thanks for the energy boost. As we love to explore your ideas and affirm your efforts, keep the suggestions coming in and tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk again about how kids talk to each other in class. We'll see you next time. 